0: Well, here we are. Another episode of SEC Prime Time with Starks and Sterner. Of course, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Clint Sterner, is showing off the quaff this e- this evening. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't keep it caged the entire time in the hat. Sometimes you just got just got let it flow. You got to let it flow.
1: Hey, it's hard but fair, Big Max. It's hard but fair, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I, hey, wait a second. I woke up like this. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, for, for for our show this week, you know, I, I think the kind of the emphasis, we're in that lull period, right? Everybody's in bowl prep. Um, we've just gotten through uh, signing day. And, uh, you know, we found out who was good, bad, and different. The flip, the unflipped. Uh <laughs> The committed, yeah. the decommitted, everything you want to see. Early signing day right now is now considered signing day. And then everybody else is late, it seems like. You know, back when you and I were going through this process, we couldn't wait to get to February and get that signing day and pick the hats. Now they're doing it in December, uh, Clint. Yeah. I mean, just kind of give me your initial thoughts, just kind of of where we've gotten at with, with early signing day. You know, because some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people are in between, but I mean, for the most part, you know, there's mixed reviews on early signing day. Where do you stand in that process?
1: Well, look, I mean, I, I understand some of the complaints, big picture, um, but but I, I think it's I think people have been really selective on when they want to bitch and moan about um, about the disadvantages, if you will, that come with an early signing period, and that disadvantage is obviously teams that that have lost their head coach or teams that that have made some kind of change and they've done it you know uh, you know in, in late November or early December then it puts those particular teams at a, at a disadvantage and, and i under in, in the recruiting game and i totally understand that my, my what pisses me off about the December 15 early sign period um, and all the people that are complaining about it is Nobody was bitching and moaning when it was affecting Josh Heifel at Tennessee. Nobody was bitching and moaning when it was Eli Drinkwitz at, at, at Missouri or, uh, you know, Sam Pittman or Chad Morris at Arkansas, right? No, nobody's worried about Shane Beamer at South Carolina last year. You know, we didn't hear all these, all these talking heads, if you will, complaining and ranting and raving and, and, and beating their drum of, of this the early signing period's got to change, right? Yeah. But all, but all of a sudden, it's impacting LSU, Notre Dame, USC, Oklahoma, some of the blue bloods, Oregon, your, your Gators, your Florida yeah. Gators. No disrespect, Big Max, but, but when it affects you guys at the top, all of a sudden, boy, everybody starts crying about it, and everybody wants to change it. It's not that I don't see people's argument. It's that it's awfully convenient when it's in big boys at the top that are getting impacted rather than when it's those middle-of-the-pack teams that are just getting slaughtered, you know, in in, in their coaching changes. It's not a big deal. So I I just – I don't like the selective bitching and moaning. Look at Sark at Texas. Hey, Big Max, you got a blue blood in Texas. That's been struggling. You don't hear a lot coming out of Austin about this December 15 signing period. Why? Because Sark flipped two from Oregon. He flipped a four-star from OU. He flipped a four-star from Ohio State. He flipped a three-star from Michigan, and he's going to wrap them boys up because he needs them, right? So they love it in Austin. I just think it's selective, and I hate the selective aspect of it, my man. Well, and I think also, you know, it's like
0: if if you're going to have an issue, make sure you maintain that same energy through. That's throughout. right. You know what I'm saying. I think that I think that's where we kind of have it because my energy has always been I don't like it. Period. You know what I'm saying. And I've that's been yeah. since since it's become a predominating um, signing day in the last seven to eight years. Just because for me, I'm like, man, you have kids foregoing, you know. Their, their senior year, you know, heck, yeah. I'm all for a kid finishing off the last little bit. Now, granted, I now that I'm a parent, I'm like, hey, you want to go early? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Get out yes. of my house and go, yeah. <laughs> go experience on your own. Now see what I was talking right. about. It's now a teaching moment. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, man, don't you want to finish out what you started with with your buddies in school? Um, you know, that, that's just kind of me from the nostalgic standpoint. I get it from a professional development, meaning you're going to play your sport. You're going to get inundated in the spring ball. You're going to sign up for early classes. You know, Brock Berlin did it my year when we all signed. But Brock, you know, he had a weird system over there in Louisiana and and they they, they had quarters and something or other. Um, I still don't quite understand it, but he, he, he met all his qualifications. <laughs> So that's all I need to know. He he has a high school diploma and he was able to go to college early, but for a majority of us, you know, you had to finish out the rest of the year. I I don't like yeah. what teachers are making exceptions. You know what I'm saying? For them to then qualify, like your class yeah. is a year long. You know what I'm saying? You're not switching classes like we do in college, right on a semester system. You know, yeah. I'm thinking 1101 in the fall and 1102. In the spring, (laughs) like, you know, in high school, it's like when you take American history, American history is from August for my school, because we started in August to the end of May where you got finals. There's no no December final. And now you're moving on to the government classes. Um, So that's my only thing is when you start to tweak the rules of your high school for the athlete. But I, I think you're absolutely right. You can't tailor and convince your argument based off of how your own team is doing right so you yeah, can't be self serving and self interested um it has to be for a totality of reasons and like you said i mean i you know listen i know my guys down there at uf um you know with coach Napier coming in you know they they were able to flip the number one safety in the country still um today I, i'm sorry this week with kamari wilson um, you know, I looked at the staff, their assembly, they just, they just hired recently the wide receivers coach, you know, one of my good friends, Kerry Colbert, I was just with Kerry calling the USC UCLA game. And he was a Trojan coach, you know, but it's funny when your coach gets fired and you just happen to have coached a Blitnikov <laughs> winner makes you a little desirable <laughs> so That's I'm right. happy to have my boy KC down at UF along with, with coach Stapleton. Um, in, in the old line room, because I was one of my guys. I was in the old line room with D-State as he was getting his his experience. So, I mean, I get it from that perspective. But, you know, the good, the one thing that I do appreciate is, like you said, when there's opportunities to flip schools that need to flip guys, they do it. You reference Sark, right? And coaches that are coming from these Blue Buds and transferring to Blue Buds, they're bringing those flips with them. So, you're hopefully, moving around and kind of trying to spread out what the schools have been so concentrated. We're talking about the Clemson's, the Ohio States, the Bama's and the Oklahoma's of the world for so long. They've kind of encapsulated it now starting to at least spread. So I feel good about where we're at um, for signing day this time around, but I'm still a proponent of, I need to see it after the new year because I think it gives everybody an equal chance year after year. Plus yeah, for me and you, it gives us a chance if we're the college athlete, we get to go on all our visits. That's I ain't right. got to commit my yeah. junior year, and then right after football's done, I got to make my decision because yeah. I can't go enjoy the spoils of my hard work and let people court me, make me yeah, feel man. like I'm special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. fly to L.A. I, I would hate to have had to have made this decision in December because that's, yeah. that's when all my recruiting trips happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, Max, it it just – I mean, here's the deal, man. Look, we we can have a a, a debate or a conversation about the pros and the cons. I get it. But but what it can't do is start and stop with the fact that there's some big-time blue bloods that are finally being impacted with it when their program's down. You know what? You don't want a disadvantage on December the 15th whenever there's a signing date. Don't get your ass kicked right don't hire the wrong coach don't fire your coach right I mean, make this hey you know what don't don't let ed orgeron be the head coach until early december late november fire his ass when you decided you were going to part ways and get brian kelly in there and then he's got he doesn't have that disadvantage i just i don't like the convenient ass excuse of well what poor little old lsu man they just don't have the advantage that they had this year. Oh, oh, you in Notre Dame. Yeah, man, miss me with all that shit, man. I I just look at it and I just go, I get it. Let's have a conversation about it. But boy, I tell you what, right now is a tough time for me to, to swallow this pill after watching these smaller schools get get absolutely hammered year after year previously.
0: Yeah, no, I I think I think that's a very valid point. I think that's a that's a statement. And like you said, this will be the internal, this will be the eternal argument that we will have right you know when there is blue bloods when there's not blue bloods you know nobody is crying over akron firing their coach and bringing in joe moorhead you know what i'm
1: saying (laughs) ain't ain't nobody feeling bad for joe moorhead are they
0: no they're not
1: they're they're not
0: you know so listen before we continue with the show um i want to make sure if you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic why not save time and money with stamps.com Stamps.com lets you you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. How? By allowing you to access everything you need without taking that trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off of United States Postal Service, and up to 76% off of UPS. In 2021, if you're still going to the post office instead of using stamps.com, it's like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. And if you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't do it sooner. So, join stamps.com now and save time and money this holiday season and sign up with promo code primetime for a special offer that includes a four week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone on the top of the page, and enter code primetime. So, I do want to acknowledge that we did have signing day this week. You know, I know we prefaced it, of course, with our feelings towards it. But, you know, it was a big moment. A lot of schools took advantage. A lot of schools got creative in how they flipped their guys. So, obviously, there's the national story that's out there. So, we're going to take it a little bit in that direction just for a minute because we're, <laughs> we are SEC-centric, but it happened, to, it happened to fall in our footprint. I'm taking creative liberties, Clint. It, ha- yes, come it, on, happened, it happened between Florida and Texas. Between those two between those two landmark states on either end, guess what? That's where the SEC resides. That's, that's our bread and <laughs> butter. So damn it, if it happens in Mississippi, hey, damn it, man. it happens to us. So we hey, so, so we, so we have a we have a journalistic responsibility to talk about it, Clint.
1: <laughs> hey, you got all look, you're bigger than me, and you got all that hardware on that shelves behind you. You can do whatever the hell you want to, and I'm just here, brother. I'm gonna ride with you.
0: Yeah, there it is. All right, well, let's take this ride down a rabbit hole. Um Jackson State, Deion Sanders. How about it? Come on. You flipped the number one recruit in the country. In the country. And to make it even more appetizing, <laughs> you did it to your old school that you came from. You took the number one recruit from Florida State and flipped him to Jackson, Mississippi on signing day. I mean, if that's not the most cold-blooded jack move and greatest move of all time, I don't know what it is. You know, what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, the, the kid's name Travis Hunter, right?
1: Yeah, right. corner cornerback out of Georgia. Um yeah. Travis Hunter. Uh depending on what publication you look at, he's either the number one or the number two prospect in the country. The the dude is is the absolute real deal. And 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 this is super juicy, man. I mean. Because, because, I mean, I'm seeing – I'm watching on social media. I'm watching Florida State fans uh, burn, uh, you know, Deion Sanders' framed jerseys because he flipped this kid from his alma mater at Florida State. Hey, this – him flipping this kid, that Deion Sanders flipping Travis Hunter from Florida State to Jackson State Knocked Florida State out of the, for what it's worth, the two four seven sports top ten recruiting class rankings. It knocked them completely out of the out of the top ten. I mean, so this is juicy, man. I mean, it's one of the things like it's it's got to hurt Prime too, because you know Prime's a Seminole through and through. I mean, yeah. it's got it's got to hurt him, man. Um, but but it's juicy. Here's the deal. We we had a conversation about this uh, a little earlier. Max is is I'm a little bit torn because the kid's going to go to Jackson State and he's going to make a million plus. Yeah. And while I know there's athletes in college football right now that are making a lot of money before they ever touch the field, I don't think there's been a cornerback yet go make a million plus before he ever touches the field. Nope. So he's going to make money that I don't know that he ever would have made had he been – one of 10, four, five-star DVs at Alabama or at Georgia. So, on the front end, I can see where my man's going to make that extra bread. On the back end of it, I don't know. Like, you're talking about spending three years at Jackson State versus a high-end Power Five. And, Max, I played for a a Power Five that's got phenomenal facilities, I know you did as well. You guys are now, you know, renovating everything. and you've, you've been around the country and seen unbelievable facilities. I hate to break it to you, and, and, and I, I don't I – don't, I'm not – no disrespect, but when you put a kid at Jackson State for three years, the support he's going to be given physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, from an education standpoint – the three years at Jackson State and the three years at, at say, Alabama or Georgia, it's totally different. The development that is, is at the kid's fingertip, or the development that takes place over those three years at, a, at an Alabama is totally different than what, what is going to take place at Jackson State. You ju- just from a nutrition standpoint, from a strength, you know, strength training standpoint, from a, a uh, you know obviously a competition standpoint. I don't know what that specifics are, but damn it, I know it's different. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no, you're absolutely right. I think it is it's a different mindset. Um, it's a different coaching philosophy, a different um, facilities um, yeah. you require. But I think this is this is kind of one of those titanic shifts that you need to happen in order to help those smaller schools. You know, I, I think this was that shockwave that put people on notice, um, yeah. about it. Now, listen, listen, there's, there's still that one thing that's called a transfer portal. That's always at your fingertips. It's just waiting. do just press right. hit that button. Just touch the button. That's a, that's
1: a gator in your talking.
0: Yeah. And then you get whisked away. <laughs> you go into the ether and you, and you wind up at a power five, <laughs> um, you yeah. know, if he just, if Eso decides, but, you know, but but it's great to see that. Right. Yeah, I know. Listen, listen. And trust me, I was a Deion Sanders fan growing up being from the state of Florida and I was a Florida State fan growing up. I remember watching primetime. I remember the draft and, you know, I remember all those great Florida State teams. But unfortunately, just, you know, when it came down to brass tacks, I just couldn't pull the trigger on going to Tallahassee. I had to take my talents to Gville, uh, you know, and become a Gator. And And I'm orange and blue through. But, you know, it's something that that I think speaks well because you have to remember the state that Deion Sanders got Jackson State to where it is now as a formidable force, television contracts, we can see their games on Saturdays on ESPN. You know, they won their conference championship. You know, they have things that they're setting in place. So you wonder if – and listen – We all know that Mississippi is not exactly the highest of uh, living expenses or cost. So I wonder if that was just the surface for Dion reaching out to his network to bring things to that program to then modernize said training facility, said staff nutritionists, and the different things he has available. The former players that he has coming in and doing speeches and giving these kids a semblance of that experience because a he's been in, he's been in it. B, the guy's a hall of famer. And when you have that connection to some of those some of those higher ups that happen to have very, very deep pockets, you wonder if <laughs> that was also something that flipped Travis Hunter, the premise of what is to come uh-huh. while he's there. So that's the one thing I, I am intrigued to see how that plays out as well.
1: Yeah, Max, look, I, no, I don't think there's anything about it, any, any doubt about it. I think you, you look at his personal bio and he talks about always idolizing, you know, Deion Sanders. So there's a personal touch there. He talks about not only seeing the history of HBCUs, but also the future, right? So I think, I think there's something there. Here's a conversation that, that, that I had earlier today, um, and, and it was, in my opinion, if, if, if Deion Sanders, because he's already changed it in a major way, tip to cap, whatever happens from here on out, is is nothing but respect, right? But if and it's just, I think this is what you were alluding to, if this can somehow lead to big time change at Jackson State first, and then it, it then it, it grows throughout HBCUs, then you got something that's that's big time. And I'm not talking about five star top recruits. I'm talking about if if Deion Sanders can get with the right money people, and all of a sudden Jackson State has the facilities to match some power fives out there right all of a sudden the experience for 3 4 or 5 years for a college athlete at Jackson State is the same as it is and i don't mean the same i just mean yeah. it's 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 equal it, it it's they Visible. can go there and, yeah. Yeah, well I, I just mean i mean from a, like i'm literally talking about the the ability to go work out and eat right and have nutritionists and all these things, like yeah. to, the, to the 10th degree, like if, if this somehow – I said it earlier this way I said it earlier. If, if Deion Sanders can stay at Jackson State, do things like this whenever it comes up, but if he can just break ground, do the groundwork and get folks to break ground on, on improving facilities and improving the developmental aspect for the student athlete on and off the field, now you've got something – that changes thousands of lives for the next 10 or 20 years and could possibly change HBCUs across the country. Now you've, now you've done something major. I hope you're right. I hope it's the tip of the iceberg in that, in in that, from that perspective and it's a game changer, man.
0: Yeah, no, I I look at it. I think you've already seen kind of a mental shift because Eddie George, right. Taking the Tennessee Mm -hmm. state job and his affiliation with, All the things in Tennessee from his Titans days. You know, I think that you're starting to change that narrative. And that's what I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping that ripple gets bigger and bigger as we progress through this. And I think this was just kind of showing us what that potential is. And we got to see a snapshot. You know what I'm saying? It's like blindfold, boom, we're going to put this picture in front of you. Ah, it's scaring me because it happened so quickly. And you flipped in that situation. It made it even more salacious because. You're flipping from your school that you had all the pride for, that you were a proud alumnus, you're wearing garnet and gold, everything, you're not wearing (laughs) your team colors. Um, So it it made it even a bigger story for us nationally. But like you said, I I think that's where it has to come. Are we going to see a seismic shift with HBCUs and the premise of real dollars flowing into that school that are going to be directed towards student athletes to make it more intriguing for them to want to be there. So I completely agree. We're on the same page of that one. Uh, another thing I want to get to, cause I know I don't want to make this too long and too preachy for us uh, in the evening since, since both of us are dining on the, Come on. the spirit Come of the on. cactus this evening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now a quick message from our sponsors over at BetterHelp. Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? Well, if there is, let me tell you guys about BetterHelp. Professionals help done securely online. Check out BetterHelp.com/PrimeTime. BetterHelp will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's an avenue to accessing professional therapy without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp has licensed professionals who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, as well as relationship and grief counseling. You can message your counselor at any time and get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you and do it in a manner that is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is available. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash primetime. Join over the 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again. That's betterhelp.com help, slash primetime today. Let's dive back into the SEC. Jimbo Fisher Ooh, went and everybody over the head with the Billy Club and took, what was it? I want to say three, if not what, three or four of the top 10, four of the top 10 recruits in the country, the, the top of the, the tippity, tip, 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 top of, of the iceberg. Yeah. They took four. Everybody else had one in there. Um, what does this mean ha- having the top recruiting class? If you're Jimbo Fisher, especially after the year you had with all those expectations, yeah. right? You're a top five preseason team. Boom. You fall flat on your face, but then you, you rebuild yourself up. You beat the vaunted Alabama. Um, and you 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 put yourself in a place of respectability. Is this the year where they finally make that shift? I'm just because I, I'm just wondering, because you've got some, I mean, you got some great talent that's coming mm-hmm. there. I mean, I'm looking at what, Shamar Stewart, uh, big hit for a hey, right there in Florida, right from the neck of the woods of my auntie, Opalaka. You've got um, you've got Evan Stewart coming in. Uh, Let me me think of who else as as I'm going through. I had to flip the list on because I don't have it off the top of my head. Harold Perkins, number five, uh, you know, and then you had uh, Walter Nolan um, as well. Big D lineman. So, yeah, D lineman, D lineman, linebacker, wide receiver um, that all committed to you. Yeah. Uh, That's huge. I didn't see quarterback. Oh,
1: they got they got one. They, yeah, they, got, okay. they got a, a four-star right here at a at a Bridgeport right here in, in the Houston area. Four star. Okay. He's considered the second-rated uh pro-style pocket passing quarterback, if okay. you will. Connor, Connor Wiegman, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um But they they, they got one. He's a special player. But but he, here's here's the deal. I mean, I, I think, you know, last year was a disappointment for Jimbo Fisher. Last season was a disappointment for Jimbo Fisher, but let's point at some of the positives. When was the last time that Jimbo Fisher beat Alabama during the season and then beat them in the recruiting ranks, in in the final recruiting rankings, right? He did it this year. I I went back and did some digging, and I was reading an article from like 2019 talking about – it was an article about 2010 to 2019 in the top recruiting schools in America. And guess what? Bama was in there. Georgia was in there. Florida was in there. LSU was in there. Auburn was in there. Guess who wasn't in there? guess who's been in there four straight top 10 now four straight top 10 classes this one obviously puts the icing on the cake they've got four five-star recruits and here's the kicker the only the only school in the sec that's got more five stars is georgia right now they got five five five-star recruits um that that have signed and they still got some work to do so they may pass a&m by the time we're, we're through talking about the recruit the entire 2021 class. However, here's what I think is, is very interesting, uh, uh, Max, is the, the two, two of the four or five stars they signed are defensive linemen. And I don't remember the third one that they just signed just here, just today, flipped a kid. And I don't think he's a five-star. I think he was a highly rated four-star. He's a defensive end. In this league, you know as well as anybody out there, you can recruit the receivers – and you can recruit the DVs, and you can recruit the quarterbacks. Hell, there's been plenty four- and five-star top-rated quarterbacks go through at A&M, plenty of them, right? Yeah. And they ain't done a damn thing. Now you're getting five-star defensive linemen, and they had one – I believe they had one five-star last year defensive lineman in, in, their, in their top ten class. Jimbo Fisher made a big-time splash, no doubt about it. But look here, the fact that two – of them big boys, our interior defensive linemen, look out now, because that's what it's going to take to compete and beat Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Florida and those guys consistently.
0: Yeah, uh, Anai White was the uh, was was the defensive end that he flipped. That's a four yep. star out of Philly. Um, yep. Yeah, man. I mean, just look. Just I mean, as we look through kind of the numbers that have come in, because it's. Early signing period. It's not final signing period. <laughs> um, you know, right. Just looking at the SEC in general, though. I mean, we had we had some monster numbers around. Like you said, you look at Georgia, you know, five, five stars. They got they got the top 10 recruiting class. You got Bama, where it doesn't matter because they've got they've got five stars that fall off trees down there, down there in Alabama. Yeah. So you know, um, but for the other schools, I mean, who was your biggest surprise taking a jump in the recruiting um, to you? Um, was there a school that jumped out to you in the SEC? Kentucky.
1: I mean, if're talking about a surprise, Yeah, Kentucky. Thank Kentucky. you, Kentucky. I mean, Stoops caught a five star. He caught eight four stars. Uh, I think he I think right now, again, according to two four seven sports twenty four seven sports, He's uh, the 12th ranked, I believe, uh, recruiting class. That is absolutely huge for Mark Stoops. And this is is how – while they're handing out all this damn money around the country for these coaches, Max, this is how in the hell it's supposed to work right here, man. Mark Stoops has just continued to chop wood. He's got better and better and better on the field, and he's scrapped together recruiting classes. And guess what? They give my man a raise. They give him an extension, pay him well, and on the you know, first of all, first of all, before they paid him well, he had a hell of a season, and was and, and was yeah. and was he was giving folks a run for their money in the East down the stretch, and he and, and he's in a January one bowl game, and so you're talking about he's had a hell of a season, they get him paid, and now he has the 12th ranked recruiting class in the country at a place like Kentucky. That's how you do it as a program, and that's how you do it as a head coach. I love what they're doing at Kentucky, and I'm stoked for Mark Stoops, man. I'm ex- I, I know him personally, so I, it doesn't surprise me that he's kicking ass in recruiting and, and, and uh, you know, exceeding expectations. But, man, I'm excited for those guys out there, man.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And what made my heart proud was not only did he flip a five-star, but do you know what position that five-star played? Do you know? O-line,
1: wasn't it? O-line, O-line wasn't it?
0: Offensive tackle.
1: There you go, there even, you go. More,
0: even more specific. Yes, Clint, you are a quarterback, and you just like I need five in front of me. Listen, I don't care how you line up, just make sure you do. All right. Snap the ball when I tell you to block everybody that comes at me. All right. Good job, boys. But that you you flipped a tackle. And not only, you know, and the kid's name is Keonta Goodwin, but you flip you flip baby me. I mean, because he's six foot eight, three forty. That's Who mammoth. Guys, That's yeah. mammoth size tag. You put that in a run-first offense that Kentucky has? Oh, come on. That you, come might on. As well call, you might as well call him Lil Ogden. And it's got
1: <laughs> about <laughs>
0: Mr. If, you if you're feeling froggy. <laughs> but, you know, I like that. And like you said, that was going to be mine, too. I thought Kentucky jumping up into that top 15 uh, with a recruiting class, like you said capitalizing on the momentum that they built by their play yep. and then rewarding good works. Cause you, you know, Kentucky got calls out the yin yang about Mark Stoops availability yep. for all these big jobs, because he is that one that was poised to make that jump to a big blue blood. Now, granted you are in a blue blood conference, but to go to a blue blood job. And so The fact that he, A, wanted to stay, that Kentucky was able to pony up the money necessary to keep him happy down there in bourbon country, you know, was a big move. So to see this class, I mean, yes, I'm a Gator through and through. Yes, this is an East rival of ours. But you know what? I'm a football fan first. And I love seeing great competition because I believe iron sharpens iron. And this is for all the naysayers outside of our channel. And yes, we got brothers in all in the field in the field of twelve in the field of sixteen. That listen, I love the Big Twelve, I love the Pac Twelve, I love the Big Ten, love the ACC. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, Sunbelt, AAC, all, all you other acronyms out there. But let's <laughs> come down to it. I want to show why we got thirteen teams in the bowl games.
1: Yep. Why our
0: conference is the best. Why do you think Texas and Oklahoma turned and tucked tail and said? We want to be a part of you guys. Red Rover, That's Red right. Rovers in Texas and Oklahoma. That's because we Jeez. are the best. And so right. when I see other schools c- reaching these heights and keeping the retention there so our competitive balance stays in there, hell, yeah, I'm excited. Hell, yeah, I'm happy. And yep. I want to commend that. And for Mark Stoops and them Kentucky boys, big ups to you guys because y'all went and y'all did it because you're fighting against the rest of these schools. And yeah. for you can pull it out still in top 12. That's top 12 when we're talking about power fives. On average, there are 14 teams. Now, I don't want to sit there and get into numbers, but just know this. That's over 70 schools that are in the power five. And you came out number 12. Yep, that, that That's pretty darn good, especially when you consider all those blue bloods that are up there. That's a hell of a job, and that makes us better. Just like when we see Texas A&M making that jump as a top recruiting class that helps the entire ecosystem of the sec that brings yeah. all that prominence that justifies our meaning when they say it just means more well and it shows and it obviously means yeah. more to the damn recruits. That's why they come. Into the
1: SEC. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I would, I would have gone with a to be honest with you, uh, you know, uh, but I just, I believe that's where a belongs. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I said this when A and M went into the, the the SEC, and and you you look around, they got SEC all the benefits that come of being in the SEC. Texas was down, Baylor was up and down after after the Bryles situation. Um, and you look at it, and you go, man, they, they, there's they're in a recruiting hotbed. They they should be in the conversation with Bama and LSU in the West, and Florida and Georgia in the East every single year. That's where. A&M's expectation should be. And so I expect them not necessarily to have the number one recruiting class and make all the noise that Jimbo has made, but I damn sure expect him to be top five. I damn sure expect him to consistently be uh, top ten. And so when I looked at the two, it was either it was either m making that jump or it was Georgia – I mean, I'm sorry, it was Kentucky making a big-time jump and surprising the hell – up. when I was scrolling – and I saw Kentucky, I said, "Well, wait a minute, let me check that one more time. Kentucky sitting at 12, they took the cake. i tell you one that surprised me out of, out of the, the SEC was Ole Miss. Ole Miss is really, really struggling down in that 24-25 range. I think, I think I read where they only have nine or 11 of, 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 their, um, of their recruits signed on December 15. And that surprises me because they've had a hell of a lot of success. Lane Kiffin is, is, is just – I mean, he's one of them dudes that I would want to play ball for. I'd want to go drink beer with. I, I would think he would just crush it on the recruiting trail. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. We've seen former coaches crush it at Ole Miss. I wonder what's going on at Ole Miss to where um, they're, they're, they're slow, I guess, at, the, at the, the, the December 15 early signing period. Don't know what it is. Hell, Mississippi State finished ahead of them. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Arkansas, all these other schools, middle-of-pack schools, finished above Ole Miss. That's that. That took me by surprise.
0: Yeah, no, that that's a surprising one as well. And I think we'll have to wait till the normal signing period to really see how it rounds out uh, with that, or or if he's playing a game, a transfer portal bingo. Um, yeah. You know, for this upcoming year, and then he's trying to make his move next year. I think we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, you're right. That is a surprising one. That's a head scratcher because, like you said. The success you have, the bowl game that you're going to, right? You're you're going to the Sugar. That's that's the SEC's yeah. that's the SEC's prom date right there, um, that you're going with, and and to not have a bigger splash during that time um, leads to just a little yeah. bit of head scratch. But I, I, like you said, I think hey, TBD.
1: Max, Max, you said uh, you you said something about the transfer portal that 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 uh, that struck a thought here, man. A and M. Texas A&M and all this recruiting success they're having here on the 15th, they flipped a tight end. They flipped a tight end from LSU, and his last name was Johnson. Guess who's little brother that is?
0: Uh, let me guess. Starts with my name, last name Johnson. <laughs>
1: throws, there you Throws go. the
0: ball like this. Throws That's the ball he like this.
1: And he's in that transfer portal now. And, and I know A&M's got some good young dudes, but I've played quarterback in the SEC, and it, was a lot, it wasn't near as complicated as it is right now. I promise you that in terms of what these defenses are doing, throwing at you at a, at, from a quarterback's perspective. It's going to be hard for these young, inexperienced quarterbacks at A&M to not have a learning curve like Zach, Zach Calzada had this year. Yeah. If, a, if A&M flip the little brother and they get Max Johnson to transfer into A&M, and he comes in with a little bit of experience, I, I was, I've been higher on I'm, – I'm I'm I think you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. I'm higher on Max Johnson. In fact, I know we did because we talked yeah. about the LSU Florida game. I've yeah. been higher on Max Johnson than most, most people have been. And I'm telling you, man, everybody's excited about this, this recruiting class at a and If Max Johnson ends up at A&M Max, I want you to mark bookmark this. If Max Johnson ends up at A&M a is going to be a problem next year offensively. Okay. We, we, don't, we don't have any other reason, Max, to think that. Yeah. If, if, right, we know they're going to be good down the stretch because they got a hell of a re- recruiting class. But did yeah. you see anything at A&M this year at the receiver position, at the running back tight end quarterback position, not counting the guys that are leaving? I mean, Wiedemeyer's gone. Zach yeah. Calzada's gone. Spiller's gone, there's a good chance they're going to lose uh, 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 Aeneas Smith, the, the, the little receiver, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know, I, somebody was telling me earlier he could possibly declare, which I don't know why he would, but he could. I mean, they're going to lose a lot of what we – what the, the little bit of success that we saw them have offensively. Yeah. They got, a, they got a lot to make up, and I'm telling you, if Max Johnson goes LSU to a and and he can play, do you know, is he eligible, is he immediately eligible?
0: Yeah, he is. He had he, had, he hadn't switched it from anywhere else.
1: Hey, coach. Hey, coach. It, it, that, that's going to be a problem. A is going to be. Yeah, that's that's what everybody A and should be excited about in, in in the short term. Anyway, I, I like I like him at A and M now. Come on.
0: Well, and think about this. You just named all specialist positions. You know what you didn't name? Offensive line. Yep. Guess who grew up the most this year? and that group they the got defeated from a the year four ago. new ones, that's right. Those four new that's ones right. got experience. Come on, so man. So you don't think you put a you put a play caller back there that actually knows his way around a football in the backfield? Come on, man. How Come much on, more baby. deadly you could be instantly? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. No. I, hey, I'm with you. I'm I'm going to bookmark this for us. I'm going to make sure we have this. We can have this conversation again. So on what? December 15th. <laughs> December (laughs) fifteenth week, we had this statement: Max Johnson goes to Texas A and M. They're going to be a problem for other people. There you go. There you go. We got got it bookmarked. Um, I want to touch on this real quick because I know we're we're up against our time, but I just wanted to make sure we talked about it. Um, Gene Chizik. Oh
1: come on, man!
0: Now, now listen, listen, listen. listen. I I know, I know it's a sensitive topic. I know know how you feel about Coach Chizik. but coming out the side of his mouth that type of way, um, getting on these kids, you know, Texas made an offer, obviously for offensive lineman. Hey, any old line recruit's gonna get fifty k in nil. You know, boom Every good. every
1: here's here's the deal. Every scholarship offensive lineman at the University of Texas is gonna be paid fifty thousand dollars a year with a new nil uh, uh, agreement that that. They came up with, with, I'm sure, one of their biggest boosters, right? Yeah. And Gene Chiswick shapes his mouth. Gene Chiswick shapes his mouth to say this right here. Every scholarship offensive lineman at UT will get $50,000 a year with the new NIL deal, not to mention the $200,000 education. This is where he loses me right here because I'm okay. I'm okay with anybody that's got a problem with paying athletes. I get it. It's a, it's a muddy situation. And it's a wild, wild rest right now. And, and I don't know if it's if this is the best way to do it. So I'll I'll have the debate, but this is where he loses me. Americans struggle finding fifty thousand dollar jobs to feed their children. Come on. Come, come on, really? it. Really? Are you kidding me? Cheers, you chis, I did some math. I got a couple problems with it, right? When has finished up at Auburn, he's making $3.5 million a year. I think he made three point five million the year after they fired him, but that's not, not here nor there. That, is, that equals out to roughly, I think $3.5 million equals out to roughly $10,000 $10, a day. I think if you do the math, I think it's pretty yeah. close.
0: Uh huh. No, yeah.
1: That's, that's 50 stacks for Gene Chiswick is one week's worth of work.
0: Not even my food, man was, but it's uh, a man's <laughs> <laughs> a work week. That's not a that's a, man, a that's not a calendar week. That is a Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: weekends my, off. Man, my <laughs> man was making 50 stacks a week, and he's gonna shape his mouth to say there's families out there struggling to find fifty thousand dollar jobs to feed their families in response to a college kid. Making fifty thousand dollars a year. Come on, Gene, you got to be shitting me, man. Not to mention flawed... system, flawed. System. Yeah, out come on, here. man. Come on, man. Like if, if you want to if you want to talk about the, the the kids couldn't shouldn't get paid and it shouldn't be the wild wild west. Okay, let's talk about it. But man, leave <laughs> leave the leave the, fat, leave the Americans that are struggling to feed their kids out of this. They ain't, they ain't done nothing. They ain't yeah, said they nothing ain't to bad. you. And here's the other thing, Max. You, you got I don't know you tell me how many how many offensive linemen are there on a uh, on a, uh, a, a a college roster a co- in a college program you, 15 18 you,
0: you may have 15 to 18 but not all of those are scholarship you probably got about 12 to 13
1: that are probably scholarship 12 to 13 all right so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some rough math here I'm gonna say fifty percent of those kids if they're if they're collecting fifty thousand dollars. And they got they got mom and dad and little brother and little sister at home that can't eat that they're struggling at that point. That fifty thousand dollars in kids are making is going to go to feeding their own damn family. So exactly. I just I mean I'm thinking cheers when I saw that tweet I thought don't hit sin don't hit sin nope. please tell me he didn't hit sin come on man
0: that that's what that's where you need that Twitter conscience you need it hey <laughs> as soon as I type it up hey go ahead yeah. read it. just tell me if I should do this just just go ahead read it, read it. hey. <laughs> Hey, read all the words. If you if you hit send, I hit send. I'm just waiting. I just need you to read it because I don't know. Hey, I've ha- had a little bit of this cactus juice. I don't <laughs> That's know right. the right thing. I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling a little vulnerable right now. You know, I'm waxing poetic over here uh, with my thumbs. But old, like man. you said, it's different if you take a holistic approach. But when you pair it up against other things – especially if you live in a glass house yeah. don't throw a single stone and right there you let me know how much charity work are you now I got to ask the question how much charity work are you doing how much money have you done have you pulled a Jim Harbaugh right and donated all your money yeah. your bonus money back to those who got who got pay cuts in the athletic association you know in, yeah, in your department
1: yeah that's why I'm like hey, listen, show me that you've done it before you say it Max, tell me how much you paid Cam Newton uh Tell, tell yeah. me how much you paid Cam Newton before you go to worry about them damn long going off hey. lives and finna to make 50 stacks. Get the The boy who, was, here, G, the G. Boy G.
0: who G. was stealing computers out of the locker room down here, down at <laughs> UF. What, what, what was that hey. bad little boy doing? How much did you give his family?
1: Yeah, still about you it, might have it.
0: supported a family, but you're talking about all these other ones. Like you said, you go to work five days and take Saturday, Sunday hey. off. You made
1: exactly that same amount in one week. Hey, he's mad because he just took care of Cam Newton that one year. Sark's out here fixing to take care of 12 offensive linemen a year now. He's going to he's gonna break them all off. And what, then, hey, one hey, hey, up he, to
0: One up to He's hey. He's pissed he didn't think about that.
1: <laughs> hey, look, and then he's going to hashtag it at the end of his tweet. Hashtag words of chisdom Come on, Chiz. Come on, man. I, I like Chiz, man. I, I like I like Chiz, exactly. man. Damn, come on,
0: man. Yeah, how about hey, – those, those sound like chiselings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody shoot. wants, man, but but no, nah, man, we got to wrap this up, man, because as always, man, we're going to have a blast. I mean, this is what we do. We love what we get to do here on SEC Primetime on Field of 12. So definitely for everybody out there, we appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Tune in. We're going to do a big uh, bowl preview show for you guys next show coming up. Uh, preview the championship semifinals we're also going to talk about the January 1 bowls and uh we'll we'll have some results from some bowl games as well uh coming back on this next episode so stay tuned please retweet like and subscribe whatever you got to do remember field of 12 it's all it's where the fun happens it means more here and of course SEC primetime powered by bet rivers